Welcome to Flashback to a Fabulous Future with Cheryl Johnson. Over the next hour, you'll learn how the past influences the future and how you can create a fabulous future for yourself. Now, here's Cheryl. Welcome to Flashback to a Fabulous Future. We are on a journey to understand the past so we can move forward into the future with focus and energy. Today, we will delve into the war between the states. It was a time of significant conflict in our country. When we say that brother fought against brother, that was literal as well as metaphorical. It is one thing to fight an enemy. It is another to fight your own family. Family disputes are always more intense and leave a more lasting imprint on the future of their posterity. The American Civil War was fought between 1861 and 1865 and was one of the most significant events in American history. Overall, the Civil War was a complex and multifaceted conflict that was fought over a range of issues, with slavery and states' rights being the primary causes of the conflict. Prior to the war, the Dred Scott decision was a landmark Supreme Court case in 1857 that declared that African Americans, whether free or enslaved, could not be considered American citizens and therefore could not sue in federal court. The Dred Scott decision was overturned by future Supreme Court decisions. There was also the Missouri Compromise of 1820. This case was also struck down by the Supreme Court in 1820, and the Missouri Compromise prohibited slavery in certain territories. Dred Scott was an enslaved African-American who lived in both free and slave states with his owner. After his owner's death, Scott sued for his freedom, arguing that his residence in a free state had made him a free man. The case eventually made its way to the Supreme Court. In the court's decision, Chief Justice Robert B. Taney wrote that African-Americans were not considered citizens under the Constitution and therefore could not sue in federal court. Taney also declared that the Missouri Compromise was unconstitutional as Congress did not have authority to ban slavery in certain territories. As you can imagine, the Dred Scott decision was met with widespread outrage from abolitionists and supporters of the Republican Party who saw it as an example of the Supreme Court's pro-slave bias. The ruling also further divided the country along sectional lines and helped to contribute to the outbreak of the Civil War. As mentioned earlier, the Dred Scott decision was later overturned by the passage of the 14th Amendment to the Constitution, which granted citizenship to all people born or naturalized in the United States, including former slaves. The decision remains a controversial and significant moment in American history as it helped to fuel tensions between the North and South over the issue of slavery and contributed to the outbreak of the Civil War. Let's move on to another key figure that played a role in the tensions between the North and the South. John Brown was a prominent abolitionist who became known for his violent actions against pro-slavery forces in the years leading up to the Civil War. Brown believed that slavery was a moral evil that could only be ended through armed resistance and the overthrow of the institution. One of Brown's most famous actions was the raid on the Federal Armory at Harpers Ferry, Virginia in 1859. 
Brown and his followers hoped to seize the weapons stored there and use them to arm slaves in a rebellion against their owners. However, the raid was quickly put down by federal troops and Brown and his men were captured and later executed. Brown's raid on Harper's Ferry helped to galvanize support for the abolitionist cause, and many saw him as a martyr for the anti-slavery movement. However, his actions also contributed to tensions between the North and the South, as many in the South saw him as a dangerous radical who sought to incite a slave rebellion. During the Civil War, Brown's legacy as an abolitionist and revolutionary continued to be celebrated by some, particularly among those who saw the war as a struggle to end slavery. Brown's son, John Brown Jr., served in the Union Army during the war, and some Union soldiers even carried banners with Brown's name and image into battle. Overall, John Brown's actions and legacy during the Civil War remain controversial and complex. While some saw him as a heroic figure fighting against the evils of slavery, others viewed him as a dangerous radical whose violent tactics could lead to further unrest and bloodshed. Regardless of one's opinion of Brown, his impact on the abolitionist movement and the legacy of the Civil War continues to be felt to this day. The election of Abraham Lincoln, who opposed the expansion of slavery, was a significant turning point in the conflict over slavery. The Southern states saw Lincoln's election as a direct threat to their way of life and responded by seceding from the Union. So let's explore some of the more well-known issues surrounding the Civil War. Obviously, slavery is the most discussed and most clearly defined. The South wanted slaves to continue their way of life, and the North did not believe in the idea of slavery. Although the North did not believe in slavery, they were fine with horrific working conditions for people in the factories in the industrial-based North. Yes, they were technically free, but some view slavery as a situation where people are unable to change their circumstances, even if they technically are free to leave those circumstances. It's not always that simple. At times, circumstances are in and of themselves a form of slavery. Either way, slavery is a horrific condition for anyone to live in. The second issue that you've probably heard of is states' rights and was also a significant factor that led to the outbreak of the war. The issue of states' rights revolved around the interpretation of the Constitution and the balance of power between the federal government and the individual states. The southern states believed that the Constitution gave them the right to govern themselves and that the federal government had limited powers. They argued that if the federal government exceeded its authority or violated their rights, they had the right to nullify federal laws or secede from the Union. On the other hand, the northern states believed in a strong federal government and believed that the Union should be preserved at all costs. They argued that the Constitution was a binding contract between the states and the federal government and that the federal government had the power to enforce federal laws and preserve the Union. The issue of states' rights was closely tied to the issue of slavery, as the southern states believed that the federal government did not have the right to regulate or abolish slavery within their borders. This led to a growing divide between the northern and southern states and ultimately resulted in the outbreak of the Civil War. A third factor were the economic differences between the northern and southern states. 
the North was more industrialized and had a more diversified economy, while the South was primarily agricultural and relied heavily on the export of cotton and other cash crops. The industrialization of the North led to a significant increase in manufacturing, trade, and commerce, which contributed to the growth of cities and the development of transportation infrastructure. The North also had a more educated workforce, which led to those advances in technology and innovation. In contrast, the South was primarily focused on agriculture and relied heavily on slave labor to produce crops such as cotton, tobacco, and sugar. Slavery was a key component of the Southern economy and was responsible for a significant portion of its wealth. These economic differences created tensions between the North and South and contributed to the debate over issues such as tariffs, trade policies, and the expansion of slavery into new territories. The North believed in a protective tariff to protect its industries, while the South opposed it because it increased the cost of goods that they imported. Additionally, the South believed in the expansion of slavery into the new territories, while the North opposed it because they believed it would give the South an unfair advantage in Congress and upset the balance of power between the North and South. So overall, the economic differences between the North and the South were a significant contributing factor to the tensions that led to the Civil War, although rarely discussed. The North's industrialization and focus on manufacturing, trade, and commerce were at odds with the South's reliance on agriculture and slavery. This ultimately resulted in a very divided nation. The fourth issue we will briefly explore is the political differences between the northern and southern states. These differences stemmed from differing ideologies and beliefs about the role of government, which oftentimes is referred to as states' rights, and the issue of slavery, of course. The north was more progressive and believed in a strong federal government that had the power to regulate commerce, promote internal improvements, and protect civil liberties. The North also had a growing abolitionist movement that sought to end slavery and promote racial equality. In contrast, the South was more conservative and believed in states' rights and limited government intervention in the economy. The South also saw slavery as a necessary institution and believed that it was protected by the Constitution. These political differences led to significant debates and conflicts over issues such as the expansion of slavery into new territories, the Fugitive Slave Act, and the enforcement of federal laws. The North saw slavery as a moral issue and sought to limit its spread, while the South saw it as a vital economic institution and sought to protect its rights to own slaves. The tensions between the North and South were also reflected in the political system, with the two regions often competing for power and influence in Congress and other political institutions. This competition led to a breakdown in the political system and ultimately contributed to the outbreak of the Civil War. In summary, these differences stemmed from differing ideologies and beliefs about the role of government, states' rights, the issue of slavery, and these ultimately resulted in a divided nation and a devastating conflict. The war drug on for four long years, which resulted in the most American blood shed on our own land than any other event since the founding and even since that time. We won't go into the battles or strategies used in the war, but rather move on to another difficult time for our country, and that was Reconstruction. In the years following the war, many African Americans were able to build new lives for themselves, 
Some became landowners and others started businesses or pursued education. However, many more struggled to make ends meet and faced discrimination and violence from white supremacists who sought to maintain their power and control. In 1865, the Freedmen's Bureau was established to provide support and assistance to newly freed slaves. The Bureau helped to provide food, clothing, and medical care to those in need, as well as education and job training programs. However, the Bureau was eventually shut down due to lack of funding, leaving many African-Americans without support or resources. The period of Reconstruction refers to the time period following the American Civil War, and that was basically from 1865 to 1877. The main goal was to rebuild the country and integrate the newly freed slaves into society. In addition, during Reconstruction, several important pieces of legislation were passed, including the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments to the Constitution. The 13th Amendment abolished slavery and involuntary servitude, while the 14th Amendment granted citizenship to all people born or naturalized in the United States, including former slaves. The 15th Amendment granted the right to vote to all men, regardless of race or color. But despite these efforts, Reconstruction was not without its challenges, as we mentioned before. Many white Southerners were resistant to the change brought about by Reconstruction and worked to maintain their social and economic power. This led to the rise of the Ku Klux Klan and other white supremacist groups, which used violence and intimidation to maintain control and suppress the rights of these newly freed slaves. In addition, the federal government struggled to enforce the new laws and protect the rights of these freed men. Reconstruction ended in 1877, as mentioned before, when federal troops were withdrawn from the South and many of the gains made during this period were later undone by discriminatory laws and practices. Overall, the period of Reconstruction was a complex and challenging time in American history. While it brought about significant changes, including the abolition of slavery and the granting of citizenship and voting rights to these newly freed men, it also faced significant resistance and challenges from those who opposed these changes. In the decades following the Civil War, African-Americans continued to fight for their rights and equality. The civil rights movement of the 1950s and 60s, led by figures such as Martin Luther King Jr., helped to bring about significant changes, including the passage of the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act. Overall, the periods following up to and including the Civil War, in addition to Reconstruction, were difficult and challenging times for everyone, but in particularly African-Americans, as they faced discrimination and violence while trying to build new lives for themselves. However, they also made important gains and continued to fight for their rights and also for equality. It seems we are experiencing many of the same types of issues today, albeit for different reasons. According to the news, we have deep political division in our country. I believe that we're not as divided as some would have you believe, but rather that this division is spurred on by politicians who benefit from the divide. So let's look at some of the proposed solutions today that mirror the past. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Sometimes you need to look back to look forward. 
History is prologue. Has there ever been a time where history did not repeat itself for better or for worse? Listen to Flashback to a Fabulous Future, where we will explore ancient history, modern history, and personal history to see how we can use history to motivate and inspire you to create a fabulous future for yourself. The fifth principle of cooperative management is all about education. We rely on education, particularly historical education, to empower you. Flashback to a Fabulous Future with Cheryl Johnson. Weekly episodes available on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Welcome back to Flashback to a Fabulous Future. Hopefully you are learning the tools you need to build a fabulous future for yourself. Now let's get back to the show with Cheryl. Welcome back to Flashback to a Fabulous Future. Hopefully you're learning the tools you need to build a fabulous future for yourself and those around you. So now let's get back to the show. In early March of 2023, U.S. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia proposed a national divorce between red and blue states. This proposal has sparked a nationwide debate about the potential ramifications of such a divisive move on the political, economic, and societal aspects of the country. The idea of a national divorce is not new. In fact, it has been discussed for decades as a way to resolve deep-seated divisions between Americans along ideological lines. However, this is the first time that it has been seriously considered as an option for resolving these differences. The primary cause behind this discussion is the growing divide between Republicans and Democrats in recent years. This divide has only widened since the early 1990s, with both sides becoming increasingly entrenched in their respective positions. As a result, many Americans have become disillusioned with the current state of politics and are looking for alternative solutions to bridge this gap. Proponents of the national divorce argue that it would allow each side to pursue their own policies without interference from the other. They believe that it would create two distinct countries with different laws and customs that could coexist without having to compromise on their core values or beliefs. On the other hand, opponents argue that such a move would be extremely damaging to the nation as a whole and could lead to further conflict and unrest down the line. There are also concerns about how such a plan would affect various aspects of life in America, including economics, education, healthcare, immigration, foreign relations, and more. It is unclear what kind of impact such a drastic change would have on these areas or how long it would take for them to adjust if it were implemented. Finally, there are questions about whether or not this proposed plan is even feasible given its complexity and potential consequences. Many experts believe that implementing such an ambitious project would be incredibly difficult, if not impossible, due to its sheer scale and scope. It is also uncertain whether or not enough people would support such an endeavor, given its controversial nature and potential risks. Overall, while there may be some benefits associated with pursuing a national divorce, there are also numerous drawbacks which must be taken into consideration before any decision is made on whether or not to proceed with this type of plan. Ultimately, it is up to each individual American citizen to decide whether they believe this proposed solution is worth pursuing or if they prefer another approach toward resolving our nation's current political divisions. 
Since the establishment of the United States in 1776, there have been numerous proposals to partition states and create new ones. In recent history, there have been proposals for Texas to secede from the Union. Eastern Oregon has considered joining Idaho. California has proposed a split based on the West Virginia model that occurred during the Civil War. And New York State has explored dividing into two or more states. The most notable example of a state being divided is West Virginia. In 1863, Congress passed an act that allowed for the formation of West Virginia from parts of Virginia that has seceded from the Union. This act was ratified by both states and approved by President Lincoln in 1863. In 2017, a ballot initiative was proposed in California which would divide it into three separate states. Northern California, Southern California, and Central California. The initiative failed to qualify for the ballot due to lack of signatures. In the year 2022, another proposal was made to split California into two states, Northern and Southern California. This proposal was put forth by venture capitalist Tim Draper, who argued that the state had become too large and unmanageable. The proposal would have seen the state divided along existing county lines with each new state having its own legislature and governor. In 2023, another attempt to split California into three states was proposed by Draper under the name Cal-3. This proposal also sought to divide the state along existing county lines, but instead of two states, there would be three, similar to the 2017 model, Northern California, Southern California, and Central California, which would just be called California. This measure was also rejected by the Supreme Court in 2018 as it violated the U.S. Constitution's requirement that no new states can be created without congressional approval. Despite these failed attempts to split up California into multiple states, proponents of such measures continue to make their case for why it should be done. They argue that splitting up the state would create more efficient governance and better representation for citizens in each region. However, opponents of these proposals point out that dividing up a large state like California could lead to economic disruption and political instability. There were rumblings of Texas seceding from the Union as early as 2008. In 2019, a proposal was put forth in Texas that would allow it to secede from the Union if two-thirds of its citizens voted in favor of secession. This proposal has not yet been voted on or passed by any legislative body. It is often referred to as Texit. In 2020, a bill was introduced in Oregon that would allow Eastern Oregon to join Idaho as part of a larger plan for regional economic development. The bill did not pass, but is still under consideration by lawmakers in both states. Finally, in 2021, a proposal was made by some New York state legislators that would divide New York into two separate states, upstate New York and downstate New York. This proposal has not yet been voted on or passed by any legislative body either. So in the last decade, the discussion for some types of splits have escalated. Rather than split, I am proposing that we look for ways to cooperate and learn to get along. How can we work together to secure a better future for all of us? We can start by learning more about our U.S. history. Understanding our roots and how we dealt with these issues in the past will help us move forward just like they did in positive and productive ways. 
join our Monument to the Forefathers tour this fall. We will explore the pilgrims, their challenges, and their triumphs. It is a great way to motivate yourself to stay in the game as we navigate these turbulent times. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this inspirational tour. In addition, becoming a united country again, rather than a divided set of states, is a complex and challenging task. It requires fostering a sense of national unity, promoting understanding and empathy among diverse groups, and addressing the underlying causes of division. Here are some suggestions on how we can work toward national unity. First of all, you can foster dialogue and understanding. Encourage open and respectful dialogue between individuals with differing perspectives. Promote empathy and active listening to understand different viewpoints and find common ground. We can also bridge political divides. To do that, we need to seek to bridge the political divides by finding areas of shared values and interests. Encourage cooperation and constructive dialogue among political leaders to address common challenges and work toward shared goals. Remember, politicians have a tendency to promote division as it garners attention, which they capitalize on and use to get votes. Politicians want power. Their industry thrives on division. Don't let them use us to further their power-hungry agenda. We can also promote civic education. Invest in civic education that teaches the principles of democracy, critical thinking, and respectful discourse. Educating citizens about the importance of active participation, responsible voting, and understanding the workings of government can foster a sense of shared responsibility and engagement. We can also address economic disparities. Addressing economic disparities can help reduce social divisions. We can focus on policies that promote economic opportunity and social mobility for all citizens. We can invest in job creation and access to quality education for everyone. We need to encourage diversity and inclusion. Embrace and celebrate the nation's diversity by promoting a sense of national identity while appreciating and valuing one's heritage. We don't need hyphenated Americans. We are all simply Americans who share a diverse and valued heritage. We also can bridge the urban-rural divide. Recognize and address the differences between urban and rural communities and promote policies that support economic development and access to resources in rural areas also investing in urban infrastructure and addressing urban challenges. Support grassroots initiatives that promote unity and collaboration. Encourage community building activities, volunteerism and projects that bring diverse groups together to work towards shared objectives. It's important to note that achieving national unity is a long-term process that requires sustained efforts from individuals, communities, and leaders at all levels. It involves actively promoting empathy, respect, and understanding while addressing the underlying issues that contribute to division. In addition, let's build cooperative communities. We can find ways to build self-governing communities that solve local problems and build freedom-loving citizens. One of the best ways to make a difference is to invest in your family. This means taking care of them, spending quality time with them, and being financially responsible by setting aside money for their future needs. 
By investing in your family, you are providing them with a secure foundation, which will help them better navigate life's challenges. Furthermore, it sets an example for others around you and shows that supporting one another is important. Another way to support your family is to set boundaries and establish clear expectations from everyone involved. This helps create healthy relationships within the family unit, as well as promote respect between family members. Finally, stay positive and be willing to compromise when needed. This will ensure harmony amongst all those involved. All these efforts can have a long-lasting and positive impact on your family, society, and future generations. So make a difference today by investing in your immediate family and your national family. In addition to investing in your family, there are other ways you can make a difference by giving back to the community. This can be done through volunteering, donating money or resources to causes that matter to you, and speaking up for those who cannot do so themselves. Making an effort to help those less fortunate than you is a powerful way of showing compassion and understanding toward others. It also builds bridges between different social groups and encourages solidarity. Ultimately, this leads to more unified societies that have greater potential for developing solutions that benefit everyone involved. So reach out today and make a difference with your time and resources. You will be making a meaningful contribution that will leave lasting results in your local community. Most important, turn to your faith. Our country's beliefs and values stem from the Judeo-Christian faith, which emphasizes love, peace, justice, mercy, humility, and forgiveness. These are the foundations of most religions worldwide and on which our laws have been built and continue to be upheld today. By returning to these essential principles and using them as guiding lights for society's future direction, we can ensure that our nation remains safe and prosperous for generations to come. Then we can understand history and motivations of our founding fathers by taking our Constitution Alive course. This will enable you to in this will enable you to form an informed opinion on their ideas and help you form a vision for the future. The course is fun, interactive, and provides a comprehensive overview of the Constitution so that you don't have to rely on information from the media, which may be biased or inaccurate. By learning about the Founding Fathers' wisdom, you can decide whether or not you agree with their views and understand how changes are implemented in this country. Take this opportunity to gain knowledge of your rights as a United States citizen. So sign up now for our Constitution Alive courses and get informed today. Lastly, decide which problems you want to tackle. Are there national issues you want to take on or are there issues that are local to your community? Do you want to be a leader or just a contributor? What level of involvement do you want to have in solving problems? To help get started, our What Can I Do website offers valuable resources and information on a variety of topics related to issues facing our communities today. Here you will find ideas for projects, advice from experts in the field, and tips for getting organized and advocating for change. With this tool at your disposal, it's never been easier to make meaningful contributions toward cultivating positive social change. So start exploring today and find out what you can do to make a difference. Every small action count. Discover your inner co-oper. Are you ready to take action and make a positive impact in your community? Look no further because the Fifth Principle Learning Cooperative is here to empower you to become a problem-solving co-oper 
Our mission is to bring order to chaos by building self-reliant communities through the development of servant leaders who work together to solve local problems. Together, we can share our skills and resources to create a sustainable financial ecosystem that supports humanitarian, economic, and infrastructure projects. To join our movement, ask yourself the following questions. Do you enjoy bringing people together to achieve self-reliance? Do you have a passion for making a difference in your community? Are you motivated by inspiring others to reach their full potential? Are you excited about learning new skills and knowledge? Do you want to play a role in restoring order in your local community by solving problems? If you answered yes to any of these questions, we invite you to join our membership group and embark on a journey of personal and professional growth. Through our educational programs, you will gain a deeper understanding of our constitution and history, develop resilience to overcome challenges, and learn about the cooperative business model as a means to revive the economy. You will also discover the principles of quiet leadership, customer service, and quality learning programs that are essential for success in business. Additionally, you will learn about the benefits of living locally and how to fund your efforts. Continue to join us in this podcast as we explore historical inflection points where freedom fighters overcame adversity and succeeded. Together, we will make our own history and come out victorious. Let's do this. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Flashback to a Fabulous Future. We hope today has helped you understand how the past influences the future and created the present. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.